Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I'm your host Alex and with me now and forever is my awesome good friend and buddy, brother in the force, Dave. Say hello Dave. Hello Dave. We keep nailing that, you know, every week, which is awesome. Uh, I wouldn't say nailing is the right word. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people the... think I should be nailed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the thing that we do, it makes us special. Let's just leave it at that. And we are pleasured as we have somebody making their debut tonight, another member of the Jedi Council uh, team, Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do I go, hello, Andy, or just say hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, are you um, happy with hello, being called Mr. Lego? Hello, I'll stick to hello. <laughs> are you happy with being called Mr. Lego? I'm happy with that. That's fine. I've been called many things, and that's one of the nicest ones. So. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining your first Jedi podcast, mate. Hopefully, you will be on many more uh, to come in the future. It's good to kind of get more of the council actually involved in these things. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are thinking, oh my God, is it just Alex and Dave that ramble on about Star Wars? Uh, so, obviously, the past couple of podcasts, we've had uh, Ali, fellow council member, uh, join us as well. Uh, we've recently released a po- our first ever Padawan podcast with uh, William, Dave's son, Dave, that was an awesome podcast. You must be really happy with the way that turned out. I, I was chuffed, to be fair. Um, proper chuffed. I'm proud of him. He was so nervous. Okay, when we first suggested, or when I first suggested to him, he became really hyper and really pumped over it. And then on the evening that we were doing it, because we only did it last night, actually. Um, but last night when we did it, the very beginning, you could tell he was just really nervous. And you might not pick it up when you actually listen to it, but he, he talks really quickly to start off and then starts to slow down as he starts to actually breathe again. Uh... <laughs> yeah, kind of the way that he actually started to articulate kind of obviously got a lot more relaxed, a bit more kind of with it as, it, as he kind of progressed into the podcast. And, you know, by the end of it, he sounded like a natural. Oh, I loved it. He did. And he's already asked if we can do another one. Well, you keep recording them, mate, and we'll keep pumping them out there for the people that want to listen. It's all good. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, so we'll, um, over the next week, we'll try and get another one in. Outstanding. So, guys, you know, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, we kind of talk about everything and anything uh, about Star Wars, as you've probably seen from our feed on uh, SoundCloud and on iTunes. Over the past few weeks, we've been doing a lot about uh, the Last Jedi, and we've got some news to talk about today that kind of goes around the Last Jedi as well. Plus, we've got our topic of the week. But before we get into the to the meat and bones of the podcast, Andy, it's your debut. Everybody who is listening to this wants to know who is Andy. Give us a little bit about yourself, mate. A little bit about your Star Wars fandom. Over to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. Um, so yeah, I I first. Got into Star Wars obviously when I was little. I watched the the original trilogy with my dad. Um, but I must have been about seven or eight years old, and thought, oh, "What amazing, absolutely amazing films!" And then the, my first actual film at the cinema would have been The Phantom Menace, which I know is a bit divisive. Um, it's all it'll always hold a special place in my heart because it was the first one I saw at the cinema. It was you know blew me away seeing something like that on the big screen. Um, I would have been 11 or 12 at the time. Um, and yeah, it was just absolutely stunning. I mean, people moan about, obviously, the special effects and the, and the excessive use of CGI and stuff like that. When you're 11 or 12, you, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. I remember being absolutely blown away. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's um, 
I'm still big into the films. I haven't quite made it over to things like Rebels and stuff yet. I'm a little bit unsure whether that, and obviously the, the, the Clone Wars stuff as well. Um, at the moment, yeah, it's films for me, and obviously my other big passion's Lego. Um, I've got about over 40 sets now. And, and the list How is, many? yeah, I know, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to smuggle them into the house, and, and my. <laughs> She's not buying it at all. So there's like there's piles of them all over the place. It's it's just embarrassing. And yeah, there's, 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 I've told her I've ordered one. I've actually ordered two, which is coming coming next week. So I'll just I'll, you know she's aware of one. Another one will be hidden somewhere. <laughs> Although you do realise you have just said that to the whole entire internet. <laughs> yeah, right. So will Becky be listening to this as your very first podcast? No, because I won't tell her. <laughs> and then, and then, or, or, or maybe even Alex could just edit this out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll put some sound effects of somebody making <laughs> Lego in post-production, uh, and then we can jump into the topic of the week in about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, we've, we've all been there. We've, 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 all, we've all collected various things, and, and we all know that sort of struggle. But yeah. I got I got into Lego. I used to love Lego when I was little, and um, and got into it sort of beginning of last year. I bought a set, uh, a Star Wars set. I thought, oh, this is amazing, and it's just it's just snowballed basically. <laughs> Excellent. So, guys, oh, listening to this, you can tell you've made this, my is, there. this is the reason why we call Andy <laughs> Mister Lego. Forty Star. All right, quick one for you, actually, on the spot. What's your favourite one you got? Oh well, so. It would be. I mean, I've got the um, the recent Ultimate Collector series Millennium Falcon, which is obviously amazing. I haven't built it yet. I've got nowhere to store it, um, so I'm going to wait until I get some sort of stand for that that's before the, I build. That's the new huge one, right? That's like seven thousand pieces or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, seven five one nine two, as people will know it by. People actually quote the number as <laughs> the, Lego, the Lego reference. Wow. But yeah. Um, invested quite a bit of money into that, but I thought, you know what, you only live once. But actually, last last week we were on holiday, and um, I, I even yeah, I did take a couple of Lego sets with me to build while on holiday, uh, and and <laughs> we we had a we had a rainy evening where we couldn't go out, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to build it, and that, it was the um, Ultimate Collector's Slave One, which That's is nice. um, nice. absolutely oh, it's amazing, it's so good, the detail is unbelievable. So yeah, I have one myself. That is that is awesome. Yeah, it's a really good set. Really, really good. That's on my bucket list. You know, being a massive Boba Fett fan that I am, that is on the bucket list. I've just never got round to 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 kind of buying it. But how the hell did you get that home? I'm assuming you drove when you was on holiday. It's not like you was on a plane or anything, was you? No, no, we drove. Yeah, we we were down in Cornwall. um, Which for those of you who aren't UK based, those of the listeners, um, it's. Right in the southwest corner of England, so it's it's beautiful. It's, it's almost tropical, um, a lot nicer than Birmingham, which is where I live anyway. And and yeah, it was a good good five or six hour drive in the car, and it was secured on the boot lid the entire way, fully assembled. And um, and all I lost was a couple of studs on the way home, which I've now fixed again. So it actually made the journey pretty well. Outstanding. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to put it back in the box, and then I realised actually it's too way too big for the box. So. It's a big yeah. kit, that. It is a big it's, kit. Yeah, bigger than I thought, actually. It's much bigger than I thought. That's got a good well, couple like of thousand fact, pieces as well, isn't it? Boba fits in it. Yes, it's. Well, I think the, the term is full minifigure scale. Um, 
which you often see comically online, people talking about, um, oh, would they ever do a Star Destroyer or, a, 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 you know, one of these large cruiser-type ships in, in minifig scale? And people are thinking, uh, really? <laughs> someone, someone asked on a Facebook group recently, um, is, the, um, is the Death Star one minifigure scale? And they're thinking, well, it'd be the size of a small town if it was minifigure scale. <laughs> it's a moon, isn't it? That's yeah, exactly. Moon. That's a space station. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if it was actually to scale with the minifigures? It would be massive. It would like world shortage of Lego. But yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Go back. Yeah, so Slave One uh, at the moment, Alex is is my favourite. But then I've got. I think I, I've built about twelve now, so I've still got over thirty to go. So that, that could well change. And you only live in a one bedroom flat, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not far off. It's it's a, it's a small two bed house, um, and we've got we've got our room and the Lego room. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. It's it's funny, kind of obviously when you're talking about your your kind of introduction, to Star Wars. You know, the films you've seen at the cinema and whatnot. But you have seen the Last Jedi. I have. And hot topic at the moment is obviously uh, views and opinions, and and everyone in the uh, the Jedi Council community has obviously heard Dave and I, and then obviously we've had Ali jump in on a, on, a, on a roundup show. Obviously, we couldn't get you involved in that due to the timings and whatnot. But while we've got you, I would say a quick review, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So, what are your thoughts on the Last Jedi? Um, how would you how would you rank it? After that, let's get you reviewing. And what in, in, in regards to like the whole eight films of the saga, nine if you want to include Rogue One, kind of where would you slot The Last Jedi in your rankings? In, yeah, interesting question. And, and like you say, very, very topical. Um, so interestingly, it's initially, I, I think I was blown away by the film. Um, but I, it was almost, I look, I, I look back and I, it was almost shock. I think it was. It, I came out of the cinema and I was like, "Oh, that was absolutely amazing!" And, but I think I'd sort of convinced myself that it was <laughs> because of, for me, I mean, Luke Skywalker is my absolute hero, absolute hero. And I just, I thought, "Oh my god, they've killed him! He's, he's not. He's, he's dead." What have Spoil- they done? Spoiler alert for everybody that hasn't seen it. But yeah, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I, I would assume by now, <laughs> listeners to the uh, Star Wars podcast have listened. If you haven't, sorry. <laughs> A bit like that. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought, oh my god, what are they doing to his character? And then I sort of sat in the evening. One, one of my friends actually messaged me. I said, oh, what did you think of a film? What did you think? I was like, oh, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. It's one of the greatest Star Wars films I've seen. But actually, I think. The more I sat down, and thought, I thought, really started to piece the story together. Well, why did that happen, and uh, uh, why did they do that? And actually thinking, but it doesn't make any sense. There's so many holes in this film. Why have they done that? And then I started to get annoyed, mainly because they, they again, spoiler, they killed off Luke. <laughs> um, and I thought, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm very happy about this. <laughs> and then it sort of just it spiraled from there. And then obviously um, having various conversations with you guys as well. Over over WhatsApp and, and whatnot, it sort of it sort of confirmed it to me that I'm thinking it's not actually a great. I mean, it was a it was a great sci-fi film, really great sci-fi film, and some of the effects and everything were were phenomenal. Um, I mean, I know you guys touched on it in one of the podcasts previous about the um, the huge sort of explosion that was silent, and I remember sitting in the cinema thinking, "Whoa, that is amazing! How that is so cool to see that IMAX 3D." Blew me away. You know, some of the CGI in there was really good. Um, 
I know some of it obviously is questionable. Canto bite. Sorry. <laughs> we, we were, without, without reigniting that whole debate, yeah, pointless, pointless diversion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, so from from initially sort of thinking it was really good. I, I, yeah, I, I look back now and I'm thinking, no, nah, doesn't 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 do it for me at all. Um, it was it was a decent film, but as, as as the Star Wars franchise goes, I think it's probably towards the bottom of the list definitely for me yeah I think I'd agree with that and Dave you know the the, the three and a bit hours we've, <laughs> we've discussed this on air not to mention the <laughs> numerous conversations we've had on a side to this I don't think either of us have actually sat down and said on air where we would put this either in our listings of Star Wars films no Go that's the point <laughs> Where would you put it? I, I've got an idea, but go on. <laughs> um, let's see how many films. There so there's been nine films so far. I'd put it ranked about one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> say how you on feel, mate. Go on. on, yeah. on the basis, don't, don't, on don't the hold basis, back, mate. <laughs> I can say on the basis that. Um, Disney are looking to to make a lot more films, which I have no issue with, to be fair. Um, and all I can see is that the next ninety one movies are going to be better than the Last Jedi. Fair enough, fair enough. I must. Have, when you said a hundredth, I thought you were going to say it's every single episode of the Clone War. Clone Wars is better. <laughs> Every single episode of Rebels is better. And then you have the last Well, they are. They are, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, when I when I stepped out of the cinema, I was like, eh, it's probably, for me, at the time, when I was about, oh, it might have been about 7th or 8th. And then I saw it the second time, reading stuff about it, and I'm like, is it worse than Revenge? Is it worse than Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones used to be my number 6 out of the six. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's at the bottom for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, because I, you know, to your point, Andy, as well, mate, you know, Phantom Menace for me was the reignition of Star Wars, you know, had, uh, and it had Darth Maul in it, which is a win straight away. So that was never bottom for me. I actually like the polit- politics side of it. I know some people don't, but anyway. Um, and I thought, is Last Jedi actually worse than Attack of the Clones? And I started thinking about the storyline and then I started thinking about what happens in Attack of the Clones to progress the Anakin Skywalker story to progress the Obi-Wan Kenobi story. And I'm like, you know what? It is better than The Last Jedi. So I think for me, The Last Jedi is probably ninth, um, obviously including Rogue One. When we have Han Solo to come uh, in two months' time, based on what I've seen so far, I'm probably going to put that above it as well, straight away. And I've not even seen it. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting the way that... um... Andy, you, I just couldn't remember your name. Andy, the way that you um, commented on the fact that the the killing off, uh, spoiler alert, of uh, Luke Skywalker. Now, for me, there was, before they killed him, there was a massive character assassination first. Yeah, I do, I do agree with that. Assassination. Mm. Um, it was vandalism for me. Yeah, and I was going to jump into this in the news kind of section, but as we're here, I'm going to kind of jump on it anyway. Um, with the digital release, uh, obviously it's out in the States already. 
Um, it's been out for about two weeks now, and we don't get it here in the UK for another uh, couple of weeks, I think, actually. Um, the, the digital release and the Blu-ray actually coming out on the same day over here in the UK, whereas obviously in the States there was like a gap. So there's been a lot of articles, written comments and commentary around uh, the various different additional features, bonus features, this, that, and the other. But there's also been a documentary. Um, I can't remember the name of the documentary. It's about two hours long. That's actually come with the digital release. Um, and it doesn't shy away from the feeling that Mark Hamill, apparently, obviously we've not seen it here, so I'm just paraphrasing from what I've read and what I've heard and whatnot. Mark Hamill makes it crystal clear he doesn't agree with Ryan Johnson. He isn't happy with Ryan Johnson, and he just completely disagrees with everything that has been written about Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight. But he cracks on as a professional and did it anyway. And apparently, there's an actual comment from Ryan Johnson saying, "I will always be in debt for Luke's uh, Mark Hamill's professionalism, even though he completely disagreed with everything that I've done." And it makes you start to think, well, if the people that have been involved in the in the franchise for years are feeling this way. Would you not as a director start to think, actually, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing, which then leads to the conclusion that he just thought, you know what, sod it anyway. Everyone's going to think this way, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do my story. And if you don't like it, well, then tough. That's that's the kind of impression that I'm getting. Now, like I said, I've not watched it for the benefit of the listeners, obviously. and I'm looking forward to watching it when it comes out in the UK, but... Is that, that that brings up a lot of questions, don't you think, Dave? I mean, it, you were saying earlier on off air that you've heard, you've kind of seen something about him making a comment about the new trilogy, uh, and we'll come to yeah. that in a minute. But I think that just reemphasizes the point that he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't care about the fans because he, he he probably does, and he should do if he doesn't. But the way that he's going on and, and continuing this, I'm just going to do my own thing. I, I mean, I don't actually agree with that. What do you think? No, um, now I'm I'm not aware of this bit, so I'm intrigued to mm. actually see this myself now, because if you go back, <laughs> it's forty-one years now. If you go back forty-one years, and then for the next five six years that um, Mark Hamill was an active participant in Star Wars, um, where he was being given direction by George Lucas himself, where he was being given direction by these, these fantastic directors um, from the, the 70s and early 80s. And that moulded his perception of what Luke Skywalker was and is. If anybody, other than George Lucas, I would say, if anybody has a concept and an idea of what Luke Skywalker is, it's got to be Mark Hamill. He, he was, he is Luke Skywalker. Every embodiment you've ever had of Luke Skywalker has been his portrayal of that character. And that has been, I, I know I know he's diversified into being the Joker and he's been an absolutely amazing Joker, yeah. but he is Luke Skywalker. He, I'm, I, I Pray that it, it doesn't happen for many a year, but when he dies, it will be the death of Luke Skywalker. It won't be the death of the Joker. Uh, um, for him to have the opinion 
and I need to listen to it. But for him to have the opinion that he felt that Ryan Johnson was doing it wrong, and then Ryan Johnson was, well, you know what? I can't give a monkey's what you think, because this is my version of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to imagine that a director would be that way. You know, you, you'd like to think that this senior actor who's been around a bit, to your point, mate, we all think of Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. They're kind of the one and the same, really. You know, my slip of the tongue five minutes ago by calling him Luke yeah. said it all. Um, and I think that Ryan has got to a point that maybe he's being this way because there's been a lot of conflict. No, that's probably the wrong word. But divisiveness about the film. You know, Andy, when, when you talked about The Phantom Menace earlier on, you said that that film was defi- divisive. You know, at the time it was, but arguably, you know, The Last Jedi continues to be more divisive than any of the prequels. Um, yeah, massively so. Massively so. I, I think, though, the prequels, for all their... Whether you like them, whether you dislike them, whether you love them, whether you hate them, to be fair, I like them. Um, I like them all. They all they're all good movies for me. I might they have their failings, as most movies do, but they're good movies. Um, but when George Lucas worked those movies and pulled them together, he didn't take existing characters really other than well he did but he went he went back in time so he took existing characters that he created in the first place anyway and he did things with them but they were not things that influenced your perception of those characters whereas what's happened this time is that someone who really doesn't seem to have one bit of loyalty to the fan base has decided I'm going to do my own film and I'm going to destroy pre-existing ideas, themes about who these characters are. I agree with that. And I think it, it begs the question that, you know, when, when we discussed this with Ali, we touched on the, the influence of, of Disney um, and, and Kathleen Kennedy. And, you know, when, when we all think of the Star Wars saga, we think of it as the story arc of the Skywalker bloodline and leading into episode seven, the way it ended with Luke and Ray uh, on arc two, it it looked as though the continuation of the Skywalker bloodline was still going to be involved in this storyline. Now you can argue that Kylo Ren is a Skywalker is as he's half a, he's, he's obviously Leia's child, but the Skywalker bloodline for me, I don't think is what Disney are starting to progress with this storyline because Luke's gone. Uh, Leia will because of obviously, we'll be gone. will be gone because obviously Carrie Fisher's not around anymore. Um, there are no children of Luke Skywalker as as yet. We, we well that's what we believe anyway so far. So I must admit I think that that Disney are taking the new three the new trilogy to become something completely different uh, to everything that was gone before it. And, you know, I know it's kind of foreshadowed by Kylo Ren turning around saying in the movie, forget everything that you have learned, forget the past. I must admit, they're thinking about it and hearing what we're hearing about uh, Mark's discontent with the the character. And then obviously we heard a couple of weeks ago, J.J. Abraham's apparently penning the story arc and the storyline intertwining for the three films for Ryan Johnson to come in and completely throw out the window makes me genuinely think that 
the way Disney are approaching this is that this is our trilogy. We are doing our own thing. It's not a Lucas trilogy the way the start of the Skywalker was for the first six. Let's let's be honest. And I genuinely think Disney are thinking, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. I'm not bashing Disney, by the way. Uh, I, I'm a huge Disney fan. And what they've done with The Force Awakens and Rogue One prior to The Last Jedi was excellent. Rogue One in particular really hit all the spots. But what they've done with The Last Jedi is kind of really taken a step back in my appreciation for what they're handling the franchise name with. If if that's their... It's their brand, it's their toy, mm. they can do whatever they want with it. But if that was the plan all along, I'd rather have left the original characters where they were in time. Almost leave that as a snapshot of the Star Wars universe and now pick up a different time zone, a different location, different characters, and move the story in a different direction that way, rather than what has felt a little bit like... Um, mm. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, vandalism of what? What? I, don't know. I mean, it's different for different people. I know. I know f- people that enjoyed it, but for me, it felt like a vandalism. A vandalism mm. of the original movies. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, but you know, we shall see the way Disney take things forward with with the solo film. You know, things look promising. Uh, to a certain extent, and um, that kind of leads into the next news story that I wanted to kind of go through with you guys is, again, a decision by Disney where when the first posters were released uh, for the new Solo movie, we saw the then contention around the style uh, and, and you know, <laughs> the artistic nature of of these particular posters, and they, they uh, infringed on a, it was a French artist, wasn't it, Dave? was who did some cover albums for Sony France. Yeah, and obviously they've changed them to make them look similar but different enough. And, and to be fair, they look super cool. I'm a massive fan of the, the stylistic mm. approach. Um, but the latest controversy is around the changing of the pose of Han Solo. where Well, all of them. All of them, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. You know, they've taken Han Solo and instead of pointing his blaster he isn't and the pose that he was in the original kind of poster holding his blaster was a stereo no stereotypical uh, that's the wrong word but a a featured pose of Han Solo that we've seen in, in the movies and action figures that have been made in that particular pose and then it was and they've kind of just dropped the gun for the blaster I should say for I don't know it's a bit of a weird one and I, I I don't think they needed to do that. I know there's a lot of controversy about gun laws in, in the US in particular at the moment, but I don't know. It just seems to be a bit too, I don't know, weird for them to do that. What do you guys think? Have they come out with a reason? Because I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I know obviously that we've noticed that the the posters have changed and this, this, this blaster has been removed, um, which again, I mean, I think it's it's ludicrous that that's happened personally i think you know it's, it's a it's a it's a film it's not exactly going to inspire people i don't think to go out and buy blasters but there you go uh, it just seems a little bit strange for them to do it and, and they're not as, as far as i'm as far as i've seen of the of the story 
it's just sort of happened and they've sort they haven't really come out and said oh we're changing this because of this or or any sort of not that I have to explain but there isn't there hasn't really been an explanation around it as far as I've seen but the, the change came in at the same time so the original posters were released February time and then within a week or so the French artist had voiced on Facebook um, his amazement that he hadn't been consulted, but um, saying he was flattered. Uh, very tongue-in-cheek, to be fair, because um, I think he was more a case of, I'm not very impressed. Um, Disney went quiet for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm assuming they went back to their agency that did the work, because they, they did release a press statement at the time saying that they were investigating allegations of plagiarism, and it was the posters were provided by third-party um, vendor, I think that was the term they used. Now I'm assuming that vendor got a good kick in by Disney. Um, and so we then jump forward a couple of weeks and you, we start seeing the international posters dropping because the original ones were the domestic market, the US domestic market posters, which I suppose could also be used in the UK and what have you in any other English speaking mm. country. Um, but the new posters that dropped with the, I think it was the Brazilian, the Italian ones were the first few that started popping up where there was a complete, I say complete makeover. The makeover initially, or initially noticed, was that the similarities to the French artist's cover albums was removed in that the same main primary colours were still being used for each poster. So Han Solo is still red, Chewie is still the yellow, um, Lando is the blue, and Kira is uh, a lilac-y pink colour. So those are still used as the themes, but they've dropped the overlay of the, almost like a parchment overlay that, that were across each movie, off, across each poster. So that that was the, the principal focus where everybody noticed. But on the article that I wrote probably a couple of weeks ago now, mm -hmm. I also pointed out that the guns had been dropped at the same time. Mm. But I don't think anyone noticed that at the time because the focus was on the fact that style, wasn't it? Yeah. the style had changed. But at the same time, all the guns were dropped. So you, you had Han Solo um, with the, as you said, the, he's got the, the holdout pose with the blaster, which is well known. And it was the original um, Han Solo um, Harrison Ford pose. Um, so there's that one. Chewie had his bowcaster um, held in front of him across his waist at height. Kira seemed to be holding a blaster pistol up. So it was, it was she was in profile, or her body pose was in profile, and her right arm and blaster were were away from the the viewer's angle, so on the other side of her pic of the picture. And her arm was up, holding a pistol up. And Lando had um, a small blaster rifle affair that was just coming out of his cloak. So that was, that was each of the posters originally. And what they've done is Han Solo, they've used, if you actually have a look at the posters, they've used the same base artwork. All they've done is removed the gun arms or changed the gun arms. So, for instance, Han Solo is no longer with the holdout blaster. It's exactly the same pose, but he doesn't have the blaster out. Instead, he had his arm down at his side. Lando's arms are still hidden within his cloak. They're just not holding the blaster anymore. The same with Chewie's. His arms are down by his side, and he's not holding his, his bowcaster. And Kira, I think that's how you pronounce the name, she mm -hmm. is still side-on in exactly the same pose, 
but because it's her off offside arm, her right arm, they've just exorcised that completely out of the picture. So they've removed every weapon from every character, and that was done two weeks ago. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if Disney are kind of going to down down the path of making it more family friendly. Dare I say? Which is a bit Possibly. of a weird one, but when you look at the posters for The Last Jedi, uh, Rogue One, uh, and then obviously Force Awakens, they all have Stormtrooper with guns. Some of them have flame troopers in. They, they're, they're holding lightsabers, right? So why consciously make a decision for this? Is it the whole hand shot first thing? You know, in in A New Hope, we know we all know after George Lucas changed it in the special edition that Han Solo killed Greedo in cold blood. I think that's a fair, you know, protecting himself, you know, didn't want to get taken to Jabba. Um, maybe they're trying to make him a bit more cuddly, family friendly. I don't know. don't know. We shall but see. You have, you have got the shooting that's happened in America recently, so that, that could be playing into this at the same time. Which one? There's been a few, sadly. Well, yes, one every day. Multiple ones every day. So yeah, it could be a case of where we've just had these multiple shootings uh, and Disney have kind of responded. It's Again, it's a bit of a weird one. And, you know, in, in the US, sadly, there's been quite a few of these shootings, not just this year, but for many years, it just seems a bit of a weird response to do it now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is, is it them being, trying to appear to be responsible? Which isn't a bad thing. Is it them pandering to? I don't want to say that lightly because I am I am fervently anti-gun. But is it is it pandering to a shift in perception, and they want to be at the forefront of that and be seen to be taking a stance straight away, despite never having an opinion on it before? I don't know. Well, One thing that's interesting, um, which I think I've, I've not done a lot of reading about this, but I, as far as I'm aware, the posters that were amended weren't actually for the US market. Now, obviously, people would see them on various articles and whatnot, and obviously, we're going to talk about them, etc. But it's my understanding, again, this might be wrong, but from what I've read about it, they were in, I think it was Brazil or somewhere random that yeah. they, they were initially released for these revised posters. That's a really yes, good yeah, Brazil and Italy, I think, were the first. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. I don't know if it's just a coincidence, <laughs> and obviously people are just jumping on it and making that connection, or, or whether, like, like we say, maybe Disney are being sort of subtly political with their with their, their like anti firearm stance. I don't know. Maybe the plan was always to have the overseas markets, even with the old style, with the, the, the parchment-like overlay, without weapons. Maybe that was always part of the plan. Yeah, potentially, because the, the ones with the parchment were almost like um, the old-fashioned sort of Western. Um, yeah, they were. I did like that. I think yeah, they like wanted. Or, uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's hope Disney come out with something to clarify it, maybe, or... You never know. They might just leave it and let the water flow under the bridge and everyone will forget about it. Mm. be interesting to see what the merchandise looks like. Because I'm, I'm in my, in the, surrounded by my geekness, my, my collection. Mm. And 
I think universally every Star Wars figure comes with weapons. I, think, I tell a lie. The one that really jumps out at me that doesn't is an 18-inch Jax Boba Fett. How can and you have a he, Boba Fett without a weapon? Well, that's it. He And I've seen forums discussing this online. Because the Jax figures are quite large-scale, they're 18-inch figures, but they, they are very good value for the size of them. There's a massive mod community who take the existing ones and repaint them and what have you, yeah. to give, or cut their arms to put them into more dynamic poses because the actual articulation is literally turn the head, shoulder blades, and hips. So it's almost like the original Star Wars figures in, in the limited movement. Yeah, five points of articulation it's, rather than the 20 that you can get with modern figures. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's um, possible that to save money, they've not added a gun to Boba Fett. And that's one, one of the discussions that's been made. Although the other Jax figures, I've got a, a TIE fighter, he's got TIE fighter pilot, he's got um, a full blaster rifle, the Stormtrooper has, the Scout Trooper's got pistol, the Shadow Trooper actually has both the, the larger blaster rifle and the pistol. So... I don't know. It is a bit strange that he doesn't come with a gun when all the other ones do, um, especially because his hand is posed to grab a rifle. So it's, it actually has yeah. a, a, um, the three bottom fingers, when you look at someone holding the gun, the three bottom fingers are curled as around the, the, the handle, the grip, and the one finger is extended as though it's on the trigger, and the thumb comes around the back of the grip. So his, his hand is moulded as though he should be carrying a gun, but he doesn't, he's not released with a gun. But that aside, okay, <laughs> virtually every Star Wars toy you buy comes with a weapon. Are you sure you didn't buy a dud Boba Fett figure, mate? No, <laughs> I've, I've seen the discussions online about it. It is a subject, it is discussed. Interesting. Um, you get people, yeah. I'm part of a Facebook group called Jacks, um, and people who collect them. Because I've, I've got a few of these Jacks figures. Um, and um, yeah, he's the only one that. I'm like, okay, I tell a lie, I've got a K2SO as well who doesn't come with a gun. But then he doesn't carry a gun for the majority of the movie. It's only in the very end where, where he is um, defending the doorway that he's carrying a weapon. Other than that, he, he never carried a weapon. But, he, yeah, you look at every other figure I've got, every other toy I've got, Lego, um, Hasbro, Sideshow, Jax, um, Premier Format, Kenner, the old Kenner ones, Disney even, they're all carrying weapons. Yeah, most so, of the Lego ones I've got have, have, have come with little weapons yeah. when I've got an absolute pile of little blasters now. <laughs> yeah. It's Star Wars, isn't it? Oh, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. Star Love. No. That sounds like a totally different film that we don't want to be reviewing. <laughs> yeah. Don't know, don't know what genre that is. No. But... Family friendly, remember? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, no, that's an interesting one. Well, let's see if Disney kind of come out with something or, you know, see where they go with this. And hopefully we'll get some form of conclusion, or not as the case may be, God knows. No, I don't think we will, to be fair. I think they'll just let it go under under the bridge. Walk, walk under the bridge. A bit like the posters. Um, I don't think, I think, yeah, mm. any sort of controversial story like this, I think they'll just sort of let it let it be forgotten, almost. 
let it go. I'm intrigued as to how, what penalties they got out of the agency, to be fair. Yeah, that's right. Well, being a designer yourself, Dave, that, that's quite an interesting piece for you, isn't it? That's the kind of thing that you're quite interested in. Yeah, and also in my day job, and I'm not a member of the Jedi Council, I work for a, a company that has an agency in-house. So, um, yes, it's intriguing to see how they could have messed up plagiarism copyright so badly that it had not been caught at any process. Mm. It's, it's one thing to look at a piece of artwork and think, oh, I quite like that, and I quite like total bits of that, and I might, because I, I would say that a lot of artists probably take inspiration either from, I might, okay, you get, you get the, the I took my inspiration from nature. Yes, okay, that happens. And you, you take your inspiration from a sunset. You take your inspiration from anything. But you find a lot of artists still take inspiration from other artists, from other work they've seen. They may have seen it 10 years ago. They may have seen it 30 years ago. Something that's just lodged in their head and, and they remember it at a specific point in time and think, there was something I saw and I quite liked it and I will use part of that as mm. an idea and part of my artwork now. It does happen. But to do something which looked like a blatant ripoff, yeah. and for a company, yeah, that's almost a carbon copy, now. wasn't it? I don't know how they it got sign off on that at all. Even down to the color palette, yeah, everything. It was it was like they it was almost like they done it deliberately and said we'd like to use this, and almost like yeah, they had permission. It was such yes. a copy. You would look at it and think, well, but the, surely, surely they they've got you know the, sought the original approval of the artist that that did the originals. No, no, it's just completely like released onto the market, <laughs> like no one would notice. What? God knows, um, you can't do that. You can't do that in the in the day and age where you've got internet and smartphones and stuff like that. Someone will have seen it. You know what I mean? It's not a hundred years ago. This would happen all the time. Something would be released the other side of the globe, and yeah, yeah, no one would be any the wiser. But obviously now you can click, you know, two two three things online, two three seconds, and you can see it. No one can get away with stuff like this anymore, so I don't know what they were thinking. Both massive brands, though, as well. It's not like they, they ripped off a small corner shop who had used something. It's Sony, yeah. one of the, the biggest music recording companies on the planet. Now, maybe they had an agreement with Sony, and or thought they did, and they didn't share that with the artist. Maybe Sony thought that they had the um, full ownership rights of the designs and maybe the artist is bringing in his, his moral assertion of, of his own IP. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an IP lawyer. Maybe this is something for an IP lawyer. I do know an IP lawyer. Maybe it's something <laughs> that we bring an IP lawyer in on. Um, it's an option. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about it. But. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I don't think I don't think Disney will acknowledge it. To be honest, same with the gun, the whole the whole gun blaster thing. I think it'll just be yeah, people are talking about it, and we're just going to ignore it until the next controversial story comes out. Move along, move yeah. along. Nothing to see. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah. all they'll just publish all they'll just publish a piece on on Ryan Johnson, and then everyone <laughs> just start talking about the Last Jedi again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that. The um... One other news story that I actually wanted to, to kind of bring up today, uh, I don't know if this is a news story, more of a, a commentary, as it were. <clears throat> so, obviously there's been the novelisation of The Last Jedi released, um, and 
I don't know if either of you have heard this, and I purposely haven't mentioned this in any of the conversations we've had offline or online, because I wanted to get your initial reaction to this, guys. So in the novelization of The Last Jedi, there is a, a chapter which goes into detail where we all know that Snoke connected Ray and Kylo Ren's minds. Um, you know, there's been a bit of a hoopla about all that and whatnot. What the, the like, force sexting? Yeah, the force timing and this, that, and the other. Yeah, what <laughs> what has come to fruition in in the novelization is that when Kylo Ren and Ray connected and they touched hands, I'd like to add. Apparently. Some of Kylo's knowledge and training was transferred and imprinted on Ray's mind. Think of it, Jedi by osmosis. Now, it, oh, is this not just? There's a massive plot hole in the film. How can we fill it in the book? See, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It, I mean, I don't know, and I don't know if either of you guys know when the novel was written, when it was finished. Was it? I know, I know, Ryan Johnson was involved in it, but this seems to be either hugely convenient, or to your point, guys, it's a plot hole that they're trying to fill. Personally, I think that sounds like absolute nonsense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's nonsense. I actually think that if the whole the whole idea of this this novel or the novelization of it, I'd, I'd question if it's an actual novelization or if it's just this is what should have actually happened in the Last Jedi, but we didn't put it in the film for whatever reason. I, I don't know. It's, it still has all the problems with the the Last Jedi. It just tries to smooth over some of the bigger cracks. Yeah, I think it's 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 almost like a, a, a second attempt at the story. And, and yeah. let's try and add bits in here and make it a little bit more coherent. But these, yeah. yeah, I think I think there are a bit of a hiding to nothing there myself. Well, the, the novels always try to introduce things that didn't happen in the movie to make the the, the story a bit more uh, complete, as it were. You know, we, we know that in the Last Jedi that um, there's details about Han Solo's funeral. It goes into detail a little bit more about Luke and his hermit life as it were um it just seems to be this is another i don't know an interesting way for them to go oh we've made a bit of a mess up let's try and explain it in a really random way it is it is do you know what i'm sat here shaking my head because and I, know, <laughs> I know you guys have already discussed this but the whole the whole han solo funeral it, why 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 not include that mm. he's he's a pivotal character pivotal character because and the past killed is dead and we need to move on. It's uh, you don't don't say that because it's so annoying. It's really it's like it's, it's like you say it's it's vandalism. It's absolute vandalism. Um, it, and the thing that I, I was going to bring up earlier actually, which really annoyed me, um, <laughs> really, unbelievably. Oh, we're going to have we're gonna, <laughs> apologies for um, anybody who struggles to understand anyone from the West Midlands, but we're about to have a brummy rant. Yes, call it it whatever you like. Welcome to Um, the Last Jedi Roundtable Part 4. I'll I'll, I'll keep it brief. Yoda. Now, fantastic character. Now, when I was, like I say, little before before I even watched the the Phantom Medics and I watched the original trilogy with my dad, 
I, I, I'm not afraid to admit I was in tears when Yoda dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> when, when Yoda dies. <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, just in case people haven't seen that, which I'm sure they have, but you never know. <laughs> I don't want to get ridiculed online for, for ruining, <laughs> ruining it for someone. Um, but yeah, I was in absolute pieces when, when Yoda died. I thought that whole scene was, was really emotional. So then, you were about bring... twenty three at the time, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. Um, and, and and to bring him back, to bring such an iconic character back, for, you, you want it. It's such a, a, a powerful scene. Um, essentially, they got him back when Luke was a bit confused, and he and essentially set fire to the Jedi Temple and disappeared. It's like, really? What? It, so and, uh, I believe it was actually it was Frank Oz still that, that delivered yeah. the, the voice. Yeah, they got right. him back and said, "We're bringing Yoda back, Frank. This is your time. Deli- these are the lines." And he must have read the script and thought, "What?" They're like Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, the whole thing. So yeah. Anyway, I digress. So that yeah, that's one of the things that really annoys me. It was Yoda. Um, but yeah, so going back to the anyway, Han Solo as well, the funeral of Han Solo. He's such an iconic character, and 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 someone that Luke, I mean, grew up with almost through through the films. Yeah, and and he he didn't see him die. He just heard, and he, he was he was killed. He married his sister, right? Yeah, do you know I, what I mean? I'm assuming he married. They might not have married. I don't know what the the, the closet would be. Whatever happens in a galaxy far, far away, who knows? Uh, but he, yeah, yeah, and I'm just yeah. thinking. And Luke didn't have the opportunity on screen to say bye to that. Again, I know you've already discussed this, but Luke didn't have any time to say bye to to that character. It was, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable oversight. And the fact that I've included it in the book actually makes it worse because they've obviously thought about it and written the script or written the lines and devised this scenario about some sort of funeral and where it happened and who attended and all that. But just don't bother putting it in the film. Why not? Because it yeah, ruins they... the pace of the movie because Canto Bite was so important and so was the Dreadnoughts <laughs> moving at about one mile an hour. That was the funniest thing, yeah, moaning about the pace of the movie. And I was just sat there thinking, it was the sl- Nothing happened. It was two, like, <laughs> I was 15 minutes. What actually happened? Think about it, guys, from start to finish. What happened in the last Jedi? Somewhere else. Oh, I saw The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It, yeah. What and and then and that was probably in about totally done for the film, and the rest of it was just CGI and nothing, basically. This was the the last Jedi was the longest Star Wars film ever released, but it was also the longest Star Wars film ever released. Um, oh it was, God, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was, it, it was so fast slow. paced, and that was yeah. what it was all about. It was a fast paced movie. <laughs> and, and it, went, it went from nothing to nothing obviously I mean it went from nothing to nothing very quickly I get that it was fast <laughs> but it was I just oh yeah anyway we digress I'm sorry I'm sorry right. to pull one side actually now, now that we're regurgitating our love of the movie <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's right. another thing that, that for me has, has grated for a while on it, but I've never voiced actually. Um, so I'm going to mention it now. So now, that that Alec, uh, uh, now that Andy has given me an option to, um, and I just mentioned about um, obviously Luke being brother-in-law to 
um, Han Solo. Now that, that that's if brother-in-law works, that's if marriage happens. So that that then brings me on to religion. Um, now the only religion that we ever see properly in Star Wars is a belief in the Force. You have the Ewoks who worshipped um, C-3PO as a, a living god. So you've got that, but they were a primitive race. From the perspective of all of the developed species that you see within the Star Wars universe, you've got 2,000, sorry, 20,000 years of space flight. You've got an established universe of loads of different species, uh, um, races, all share in the universe. Religion doesn't tend to come up. The only belief people seem to have is a, a, almost like a gravitation towards a belief in the force and the, the light and the dark. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that a fairly safe assumption? I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, like I said, the only other thing is the Ewoks. Like you're saying, they're, they're, that was just the whole thing with C-3PO. Yeah. I can't think yeah. of anything else. Yeah, the Force is the only religion-esque you can really think of in Star Wars. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I suppose, in a way, it was more um, Buddhist-like than a lot of other religions in that there, there wasn't an actual god um there wasn't a deity that's worshipped. Instead, it's a belief in that everything is interconnected, that there is this force that survives beyond death. So, why does Admiral Holdo use the term Godspeed? Well, that's does, very good point. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that go back to the whole... Modern modernization concept of the Last Jedi, like when when we discussed on the last podcast, how Poe Dameron says, "I'll hold for Hux." What do you mean yeah. you'll, you'll hold? You're not you're not on a telephone. You're on a hologram projection type conversation piece of technology thing where that doesn't make any sense. It's a modern reference to a modern situation in the same way that God's speed is very much a a modern religious perception. You don't hear a Jedi say... <laughs> I would actually obviously argue that it's, it's not a modern... <laughs> well, you know, uh, all right, let me rephrase that. But it's it's a, it's a current day... A, re- a real world. Yeah, yes, a real, real world, world. Yeah, brilliant, thank you. Yeah, real world is a better example, yeah. It's a real world phrase, yet you don't hear... Even you don't... You don't really hear the Jedi talk about gods. There's no Jedi god. It's just, no, the Jedi Temple is the, the worship. It isn't force. actual worship. No. The Jedi Temple was a meditation area it's, to become one yeah. with the Force, to it's understand spiritual. how the Force works. Yeah, spiritual, not religious, for yes. want of a better phrase. Um, more like the, uh, uh, as I said, more like the Buddhist yeah. mentality. So you don't, you mm. don't ever get that God-fearing... No. Uh, so yeah, why she uses that well, well the, the equivalent terminology is may the force be with you. Absolutely. Unless unless she's got a really good mate called God who she says, Yeah, Godspeed, see you later. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's piloting your ship, so Godspeed. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Your no, ship think... is called God. Godspeed. So so for me that was again another another instance 
of Ryan Johnson, despite him purporting to understand um, the Star Wars universe and loving the Star Wars universe and living and breathing the Star Wars universe, to get a fundamental aspect wrong with Godspeed. It's not a term that would ever be used, mm. except by Neewon. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Unless Holdo is from... Holdo? Hold on, that's from Game of Thrones, isn't it? No, it's Hodor. Uh, <laughs> Hodor, yeah, Hodor. Yeah. Um, unless Hodor is from... Well she, well, she grew up with Princess Leia, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, so you can't even say she she's from like some random planet where they have gods. No. She, you know... Alderaan. She spent a, a long period of her history on Alderaan, a planet which, to all intents and purposes... Um, was part of the Old Republic, so had the same background and history. It was one of the core worlds, so it's it's one of the worlds that was closest to, to Coruscant and um, at the the heart of the Old Republic. It would, and and these are the planets that had the strongest ties to the Jedi. Yeah, for want of a better word. So she would have grown up with May the Force Be With You. It's an interesting point, Dave. It's an interesting point. Yeah, and kind of just just talking about that. Doesn't Poe Dameron phrase have a? Doesn't he actually say what the hell is this? As well. Ooh, I missed that one. It's I possible. swear, I swear, he comes out with what the hell, and you have to think. Well, if there's a concept of hell. Then there is a concept of heaven, which leads you to the conclusion that there is a concept of faith, yeah. kind of, you know. Which, well, which which religion are we talking about? Oh, yeah. uh, Dante's hell. Well, exactly, exactly. Christianity. Yeah. You know, whatever. So again, it's an interesting way that the Last Jedi has, you know, pulled all of our heartstrings and made us love the film even more. Yes, which it's just another example that the movie had all the elements that a Star Wars movie should have, but managed to mess mm. them up. <clears throat> and it, it's also funny how the film was released middle of December. We're coming up to the end of March now. I know we've got the Blu-ray coming out, so it kind of brings all these things to fruition again uh, and kind of bubbling up at the surface. But it's funny how a film that like this will continue to create debate and topic uh, of conversation and I think it will continue to do this until Solo comes out um, and what might happen is that if Solo is, is a success which I really hope it is it will be along the lines of Solo was really good what the hell <laughs> pardon the pun um, has gone on with The Last Jedi why was that such a wreck um, and it would be interesting to see how that goes we, I get it, it brings you back to the fact that you've got J.J. Abrams picking up the, the pieces. Yeah. And what's he going to do? Is he going to revert back to his original story in some way? He's going to try and resurrect the things that, that Ryan Johnson hasn't ruined? Absolutely. And At the moment, I'm not ruling out the fact that it could be, <laughs> oh, actually, Luke isn't dead. It was just the way it was filmed. <laughs> I mean, how how far are they going to take this? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> could this be actually? Could we be looking at a JR? Uh, okay, for for people that may may not even be aware of this as a TV show, there's a TV show from the seventies and eighties called Dallas, and 
there was a major protagonist was J.R. Ewing, and he had a younger brother called Bobby Ewing. Now, I, I vaguely remember this as a TV show, because it was whilst I was a little kid, but I do remember that there was this massive multi-episode um, plot lines and loads of things happened, and then it appeared that Bobby, who was this younger brother, woke up and it was it, he'd been in a in a coma or something, and it was his dreams. And could yeah. we be looking at Finn's dreams? It and, wouldn't surprise me if they go down that avenue. To be quite honest, Dave and JJ Abrams could completely ignore everything that Ryan Johnson has done and said, no, no, that was that was Poe, no, not Poe, that was that was Finn's dreams whilst he was recovering from his wounds from um, Starkiller Base. As as much as I'm not a fan of The Last Jedi, if they did that, I personally I think that would be a bigger cop out. Because Maybe it'd highlight the fact that Disney themselves don't agree with what happened. Yeah, that that's that's the only thing that I can go with. If that's if Disney have actually seen the backlash, which they may or may not have done. Um, and the way that this I think they they should be noticing from the numbers. The numbers, well, the turnover, yeah. the, the profit that they made out of this movie, I would say have not been as high as they may have anticipated. Toy sales are down. Merchandising generally is down. Yeah, and, So they're not making the money. And in the Disney hierarchy, you've got Kevin Feige at Marvel going, Haha, Black Panther's about to make more money than you. Well, yeah, that's it. And you've got for, the Avengers coming out in a couple of weeks character. Well. Yeah, yeah. I think the Avengers, when that comes out in a couple of weeks, that's going to absolutely smash The Last Jedi. Well, you've got um, Deadpool 2. Now, I know there's controversy at the moment around that having lots of reshoots, but it's, it's Sony, isn't it? That's, that's Deadpool. They no, it's Fox. Are... Deadpool's Fox. Sorry, Fox. Yes, sorry. Which um, is bought by Disney. They're... Yes. Yeah, well, well, yeah, good point. Um, but they're so confident that Solo will not be a challenge, that they've brought forward the release date for Deadpool 2, so that it goes head-to-head. Ooh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, Deadpool is now. Deadpool now drops the week before Solo. Is that globally or just in the US? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I saw that about a week ago. Wow. I don't know. I don't know which market that's in. Yeah. Well, I think this kind of actually talking about the the, the wide scope of the Star Wars movies actually fits in quite nicely and a a really good segue to move into the podcast topic of the week. Uh, Topic of the week at one hour, three minutes. Exactly. So, you know, let's give this topic of the week a good (laughs) half an hour worth of conversation. So, Dave, I'm I'm going to hand this over to you, mate, because this was your kind of this was your concept, and it's a really good idea. So jump into what the topic of the week is. Over to you. Right, okay. So the, the topic of the week. Um, I'm guessing, and, and I'm, I'm going to make some inferences and assumptions here, but my guess is that um, Lucasfilm and Disney ultimately want to create or recreate the success that Marvel is having at the cinema. And so they want to create the Star Wars Cinematic Universe. So SWSU, um, 
swimsuit hmm. um, to go against. Or, 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 I wouldn't say it would compete because it's it's a, it's a different franchise to Marvel. Um, the way that um, DC want to bring in and, and are starting to build up their cinematic universe. Now, at the moment, you've got nine movies. But for me, despite it being nine movies, I'm like, we're looking at a massive film franchise. There aren't many other franchises that have got that many movies. You're talking Marvel and DC. are the only other brands that I'm aware of that come close to that, to the number of movies. But for me, at the moment, it's not a cinematic universe. It's one long linear story. It's the story of the Skywalkers um, and the conflict between the light and the dark on a galactic scale. But it's one long story. Even Rogue One falls into this. So you would have Phantom Menace creation or, or the the evolution of Anakin to become Darth Vader over Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith. You then have the story which um, predates A New Hope with Rogue One, where it's the continuation of the same story where a bunch of rebels um, steal the plans that ultimately then feed into A New Hope. The film carries on from that point. You then have Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. You then jump forward 30 years. You've got The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and hopefully the last thing that Ryan ever touches. Mm -hmm. And then the next movie, which will be the continuation of the same story. Now, for me, that is not a cinematic universe. That is one long linear tale. So that's 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 the beginning. That's what the subject topic of the week would be for me. What do we think Lucasfilm need to do to create a cinematic universe? And do we think... Do we, am I, well, do you agree with me? Am I, that's that's part of it. Am I misinterpreting this? Is this is this the same as Marvel and what Marvel have achieved? Oh, so for me, I uh, it's it's a tricky question because there's what we think Disney and Lucasfilm want to do, and then there's what me as a fan would like them to do, I think. Um, and and as a as a fan of the franchise since I was born, um, I was born into it, I was raised into it, to, to quote Bane from Batman. Um, I would personally like them to continue the saga the way it is, because to your point, it's the turning of the Skywalker bloodline now, arguably, based on what I said about half an hour ago, you can take the interpretation that Disney are actually not going to worry about that. They're just going to do their own thing. So, mm-hmm. it, as a fan, I'm sitting there thinking it, the, the whole point of this is to then have the Skywalker storyline to continue. But the way that they've done it, I don't think they're going to be able to because the only Skywalker that is alive, technically now, will be Kylo Ren. Um you know, unless he has a kid and, and whatnot. But, you know, if he can transfer his false powers across to Ray, maybe they can have a kid together with only touching hands. Who knows? Um, but for me, I, that's what I'd like them to do. I want them to continue the story. Star Wars has always been episodic. You know, it always has been. Looking at the Clone Wars TV show, Rebels, it's been episodic. It's been that continuation. It's all been intertwined. It's all been interlinked, and, and you know Dave Filoni has done a cracking job of doing that on Clone Wars and Rebels. 
So for me, well, I would say I would say sorry to interrupt. I, I would say that Rebels is the beginning of the cinematic universe, even though it's not in a cinema. It's a story of people who are completely outside of the existing story who touch upon that story. Like and that's like, what happens like when like you look one. at Marvel. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So but you've got Guardians of the Galaxy who have their own adventures and they carry on in wherever that they are at any given time. But then they cross over into the um, Avengers storyline and Thor. And Thor is weaved in and out and he's picked up characters along the way. Yeah. And it's all going to culminate in um, Infinity War. But they're all separate stories and they could go back afterwards depending upon what happens in Infinity War. You could carry on and have linear separate stories about Wakanda and uh, Black Panther. You could carry on with Iron Man. You could carry on with Thor. You could carry on with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. With their own little stories, and maybe at some other point further down the line, they may cross over each other again. I suppose that's a cinematic universe. Yeah, I suppose then, <laughs> arguably, Rogue One would fit into that because they were new characters that didn't exist at that band of rebels. Now I know we knew there were the likes of uh, Mon Mothma, who's obviously part of the legacy and whatnot. So they were involved. But ultimately, the the Rogue One characters were new uh, as well, and the way that but they, they didn't have their own story, they didn't have their own. You can argue the film was have to tread though. It was just a story to fill in a gap to make a New Hope more complete. Uh, Those could, characters have yeah. not now gone off and done their own thing, and you see their stories evolve separately from the, the main story. But then, then you could it, argue it Rebels, would be, Rebels would be the same then, because you've got Hera and Chopper that are in Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. There are characters that we know from the cinematic. Rex is in Return of the Jedi. Darth Vader's in Rebels. Um, so is. Palpatine. You know, you could argue that it's still intertwined, and, and if they want to start doing a cinematic universe they would need to have a completely new protagonist in my opinion with a new lead that fits in somewhere but only glances at it you know to your point about the cinematic universe let's take daredevil the tv show Mm. it references the 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 incident in new york it doesn't cross over to it massively but it references it it would have to be something so, similar to that. So did Deadpool, actually. Because I don't know if you noticed, or maybe I missed, maybe I, I imagine this, but you know the final showdown in Deadpool where he's, I can't remember the names of the bad guys in that movie, even though I love that movie. You know when the, the major fight at the very end where they're fighting in a scrapyard? Yeah. That's on a helicarrier. Or the remains of a helicarrier. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's yeah, that's no, a fair point. Yeah. So that's Although, after Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah. Well, technically yes, technically no. Because I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't be because obviously when the film was made, it was part of Fox that wasn't part of Disney. So therefore, no, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, they can reference. I mean, like he references the Green Lantern movie 
He does. Well. He does. So yeah. he's a bit. But he also a... references the Wolverine movie as well. To be fair, because he has a Wolverine action figure. And that's well, I think he's allowed to do that because that's Fox as well. It is, yeah. Um, but I don't know. So from a Star Wars perspective, if there was a movie, I'm not saying like Deadpool because that would be. That could be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but you'd have to have somebody so far removed but only reference it and then maybe get involved. I mean, arguably, you could have like the Kanan story. So when, you, when we find Kanan in Rebels, he's already hooked up with Hera. Arguably, you'd want to kind of have a Kanan story before he meets Hera and goes on his journey. That could work. It, it could. I think for me, the, the way that the way that Marvel have managed it with a cinematic universe, maybe, maybe in part is the way I've tried to explain that, is that you've got all of these various different characters and different brands that Marvel is building for each of these characters. And all these characters existed previously within the comic books, but the cinematic showcasing of these characters, each of them are popping up at different times, and then they run their own stories. So you've got um, Captain America... You have multiple films, Captain America. You have multiple films with Hulk. You have multiple films with Iron Man. You, you, I'm certain you'll have multiple films now with uh, Black Panther. Um, so you have all of these, and Guardians of the Galaxy and, and so on. You have all of these separate Marvel brand characters who have their own adventures. But every now and again, there'll be a convergence of storylines. So... Thor will pop up in Avengers, in some Avengers, but not every every Avengers. In the latest Thor movie, you had Hulk pop up, and you will you also had at the very end Guardians of the Galaxy pop up. In um, I'm trying to think now. In Ant Man, Ant Man, you had the Falcon turn up. Yes, yes. Um, so you 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 get in these convergences where each of them have their own separate stories and are allowed to do what they want within their own stories. But every now and again, there'll be a convergence of different storylines to keep all of the storylines. So it, it's almost like if you start from from year zero and you move forward with the various different brands in Marvel, you'll have, uh, let's say, Hulk was the very first one, and then Iron Man pops up, and then Captain America pops up, and then you have the convergence, and then the Thor one popped up, and then you have the convergence at uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, you'd, you'd also had um, Black Widow pop up before that, and so on, and Hawkeye, and Coulson, Agent Coulson was in there. So you've got all of those very different characters, but then they converge at that movie. But then each of their individual stories then progresses further. So you then had Thor and, and Dark World. You then had. Um, the next Captain America Civil War, which still tied, oh no, Winter Soldier, sorry, then, but that still then tied into um, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, Fury character and Agent Coulson, and, and also then brought in Falcon. So you, you have, but they, they each progress their own stories linearly, but every now and again, those stories reconverge again, mm. or different ones reconverge and join each other and then separate again. And for me, that's a cinematic universe because you know that there's multiple stories all happening at the same time. And every now and again, they all pull together because there'll be some big event that pulls such big characters all together. 
So would you envisage so, the solo film could potentially be one of those where we know that he eventually becomes involved in the rebellion because of the way Luke and Obi-Wan approach him in the cantina. You could arguably have the solo as the introduction to that where we the film kind of finishes just before he meets Luke. Now I don't think that'd be cool if it was on if it was on Tatooine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So you effectively get that storyline. We then see him get involved in in a New Hope. We then obviously know what happens in Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. But then he then goes away and does his own thing after the whole layer and him fall out, and then we see him back in it again at the Force Awakens. That could be a linear but intertwined story at the same time. It could. If if they just do the standalone uh, solo movie and it just pulls it into the point where it shows him joining the main story, yeah. then for me that wouldn't be Cinematic Universe. However, if there was a plan to then do subsequent movies of what happened to Han Solo following Return of the Jedi, let's say, then that would be Cinematic Universe material, if that makes sense. So you can have a trilogy of films that don't feature any of the other main characters. Instead, it's solo story. But, you know, then that pulls back into The Force Awakens. So at that point, you're building your cinematic universe where you've got multiple story and plot lines all working at the same time and every now and again converging on each other. I think the problem that Star Wars has, for one, it's not a problem. That sounds like I'm belittling it. But if you flip, if you flip it over, where 40 years ago we had Avengers, Civil War, Infinity War as three standalone movies with all the collective in it. Then 40 years later, they then dropped in Iron Man 1, etc. Do you think we'd have the same view that that isn't the cinematic universe because it's still intertwined into the main films? I don't know. I guess it's in part the way that the stories have grown up, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Marvel were allowed to do that because the way that it's it's all we'll do this character or we'll do this character or wouldn't it be cool if these two characters met each other and then this story happened or then they'll carry on and do their own thing again and I think the other thing you have to remember with Marvel is that the comic books have created the cinematic universe yes with Star Wars the original trilogy created the universe so it's starting from a very different position to then have to try to readjust. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And, I, I, you know, the more Star Wars films, the merrier, in my opinion, as long as they're not bad as The Last Jedi. Um, but I think it has to be handled delicately um, and delivered well. Otherwise, when we get to the likes of five years' time and we've had a different Star Wars film every year, that it's going to be fatigue. And I know a lot of people that have got Marvel fatigue. They, what? you know, we've had, Avengers was a great film. Civil War was arguably not very good. Well, in my opinion, it wasn't very good anyway. Um, and there's been a couple of misses. There's been a couple of hits. Recent hits with mm. Black Panther, for example. Um, but ultimately, for every Black Panther, there's an Iron Man 3, <laughs> which is a terrible <laughs> film. Um, so again, it's kind of juggling the saturation of the market and still building that desire and want for a cinematic universe. 
Well, can, um, I, can I interject at this point, Alex? Because uh, you, you mentioned the film Marvel Saturation then, the, the term Marvel Saturation, which, to be fair, I'm, I'm starting to get that now, controversially, a little bit. Um, interestingly, I was quite late to the party with... Um, Superhero films, etc. I always sort of just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really follow that sort of stuff. And it was actually um, Dave who persuaded me to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy. You may remember that, Dave. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's a talking raccoon. Yeah, I know it is, but it's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm and he has a really big why? gun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why? Why does anyone actually want to go and see this? Um, so that was the first one, actually. Which, uh, and then looking at the. Looking at the timeline, just quickly on my phone, that's the tenth film in the start in the um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm not a huge film buff anyway, as, as you as you two know. But just looking at half of these, most of these, I haven't seen them. The original, the original sort of tranche of six: Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two. I haven't seen any of those. Um, and there's only probably half of the next lot that I've seen. And I'm already feeling now. It's, it's oh, another Marvel film. And uh, what I don't want, Star Wars doesn't have that for me. Star Wars was very sort of, it was a unique, it was, you know, every couple of years with the, say, the, the, the prequel trilogy. I think I think they're every three years, actually. Was it 99, 02 and 05, off the top of my head? Yep. Um, so it might have been here, possibly every three years. It, it was enough time, I think, to build that sort of anticipation and I mean, I like it. I mean, I quite, I'm quite a big fan of James Bond films as well. And you get those sort of every two, three, four years, however, however spaced they are. If there was a James Bond film every year, you'd quickly, quickly get bored. I mean, some people would probably get quickly bored anyway. But that you, you, you need that time, I think, for me in between. Now, again, because just because I've got this on, on on my screen in front of me, I'm now looking at Phase Three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you've got two films in 2016. Three films in 2017, three films in 2018, and then two at the moment penciled in. So three, sorry, for 2019. Is that not overkill? That's a film every four months. And they are big films with big characters and big story arcs, and they all intertwine. And for me, I'm already reaching Marvel saturation. I didn't particularly enjoy Black Panther, if I'm honest. It was all right. It It was a decent enough film, but it was nothing special. And I'm starting to find now that the, the humour that's in the Marvel films is a bit predictable. And and we've already, although you guys have discussed previously as well, I had that sort of crossed into the Star Wars franchise now as well. Um, slightly, I don't think it fitted quite into Star Wars, to be, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just reaching a point where I'm thinking, I, I think they need to, to sort of back off a little bit. And I don't want them to take Star Wars down that route, personally. I love Star Wars. I think it's fantastic. Um, for me, it's a very good a, a film franchise. I'd, like I say, I, I haven't watched Rebels or Clone Wars or anything else uh, of that sort of breed. I don't read the comics. It is literally the films. That is my exposure to Star Wars. Um, and I'm thinking if there was a film every six months or if they, if they took this to the Marvel standard and have a Star Wars film every four months, would I look forward to the 10th one? Mm, I don't, I'm not sure I would, to be fair. I know that's controversial. I know people will probably think, "What? What is this guy talking about?" But that is that's where I'm at with it. And I, for me, they've got to be really good standalone films. If they are, I'll watch them, as as will many others. But if they start churning out 
and I'm not saying Marvel are doing this at the moment, but there's a risk that they're going to just start churning out film after film. Yeah, this is a formula that works. This is a sort of humour. These are the sorts of, you know, intertwining jokes and, and gags and running gags, punchlines. Um, it, all, it all becomes a bit predictable. And it sort of loses that. It, it's that special mm. quality that I think Star Wars has. They are epic, epic films. You ask a lot of people and, you know, there's, there's going to be a Star Wars film in their top ten. There must be. You know, regardless like my of wife. Franchise. my wife, oh no. my wife won't have it. My 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 fiance Becky had never seen them, and I said to her, "You have to watch them." And she said, "Oh, I'm not into all that sort of stuff." A bit like I was with Marvel, to be fair. And um, and I got her to watch them in. Ooh, is it? I think it was in chronological order. So I think we started with episode one through to six. Um, this was before the Force Awakens came out because she hadn't seen any of them, and she was blown away. And cr- got crying throughout, you know, many many points of the of the six films, and and I'm just thinking for someone like for someone like Beck, would would she enjoy, you know, the fifteenth Star Wars film? I don't, I'm not sure. And, and then again, this is another point that the way we receive media now is 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 changing. You've got you know much more on demand things like Netflix and stuff like that. Cinema's actually losing its impact a little bit, I think. So I don't, I, I, I just, the long-term view on this for me, it's a bit cloudy. I'm not sure if if the whole cinematic universe of Star Wars is the right direction. I, again, possibly slightly controversially. Mm. But yeah. I think that's interesting because that's a fair point, you know. I mean, when you look at the way Marvel have done their TV universe, I think is a, is a, I don't know if that's the official way to describe it, but Agents of Might Shield. Might as well use it, yeah. Yeah, Agents of Shield fits in perfectly to the world of Marvel. It's led by Agent Coulson, who was obviously kind of in, in all the earlier films before he, he died uh, and then was resurrected. Spoiler, by the way. Um, but based on what you're saying, Andy, what I think you, you would probably then maybe like, instead of having a cinematic universe, you might want to have a TV universe of Star Wars that intertwines to the films instead, where... You've got the binge culture that you just said. You know, you release 10 to 12 episodes on Netflix or the Disney On Demand service that allows you to have your fix of Star Wars but isn't one of the big epic movies. It's something to kind of keep you going in between. Yeah, I think I think that'll work. I mean, for me personally, I actually I, I still quite enjoy going to the cinema. Um, but I, there's a lot of people now that I know don't don't bother going to the cinema. There's a few, I mean, I got one of those um, Cineworld Unlimited cards about oof, it was a year and a half ago now, something like that, and a, and a few friends of ours got the same. And me and Becky are the only ones that have still got it. Everyone, everyone else is that. Uh, we don't really go anymore. We, You know, we I just get Netflix and I've got Amazon Prime Video and there's a couple of other things, Now TV or whatever it is. And, and you can just pretty much watch whatever you want, whenever you want. And there's so many other series competing for your interest as well. So I mean, if, for me, like I say, if there was the series of uh, like you, you mentioned the Marvel one, uh, a couple of the Marvel TV series. I haven't seen those, for example. Now, would I invest time in watching those? I don't actually watch a lot of TV, so would I watch those? Actually, the the, the last series I watched was Westworld, and there's a new there's Westworld two coming out this year. Mm. So, uh, you know, if I if I've got ten hours or twelve hours of TV that I want to watch, will I prioritize Westworld? Even if there was a Star Wars series. It's it's one of those things where it's a constant juggle, and, and 
time is so precious. So much media being thrown at you. Actually, for me, if if I if I was if I was controlling the whole the way Star Wars is being delivered in in the sort of cinematic universe style, I'd, I'd be inclined to sort of pare it back and keep it special. That, but that again, it, it might might not be everyone's opinion, but that's where that's where my head is at with it. It's not that your opinion is maybe at odds with other fans. I would say the problem is that Disney paid four billion pounds dollars for this franchise. They're going to want to milk it. And uh, Alex, you you said it already, and I, I I've said it previously. I'm not not a fan of Disney. I'm not bashing Disney, but Disney bought this with a view that we're going to milk the golden cash cow that um, Lucas George Lucas gave us, and we're going to make as much money out of it as we can. Now, the best way of doing that is following the same route as Marvel, where you churn movies out. And interestingly, what you, you said previously is the fact that Marvel have gone down the route of churning out movies three a year now, <laughs> following a fairly basic format. There's a superhero with powers. There's a bad guy with powers. The super guy fights the bad guy and the super guy wins. And and that's, that's but that, that's following the format of the comic books as well, to be fair. Um, but it's, that's what Disney do because prior to them getting hold of Marvel and then Lucasfilm, the majority of their money came from, here's a princess, she has travel, she, she has some type of um, problem that she has to overcome, uh, she falls in love along the way, uh, she triumphs, and here's the dresses that we can sell to little girls. That's what Marvel have done. And Marvel, uh, not Marvel, sorry, that's what Disney have done. And Disney have done that for the last 50 years. They make very good princess movies. And if you watch any, I, I, <laughs> I would challenge anybody to, to dispute this, but if you watch any Disney princess movie, very quickly you work out who the good guys are in it, who the bad guys are in it, um, what the challenge will be. And you know for a fact that at the end of it, the princess triumphs and normally gets a prince or, or equivalent. And that's been a method that has made Disney a lot of money. They they latch onto an idea and they make it work time after time after time. And that's what they've done with Marvel now. Maybe people are starting to get fatigued with that. I don't know. I mean, there's, I've got no evidence to support this. It's only again, it's only my own personal thoughts. Yeah. No, it makes sense to see yeah, what, yeah. like, in terms of audience ratings and things like that. I don't know what the, the sort of trending or the trend lines would be with with the Marvel franchise. I don't know if they if they have sort of peaked and, and then dropped, or if they're still if I mean, you know, if if they're still sort of growing. And I'm not talking about revenue because obviously that you know it varies with inflation and whatnot and, and all sorts of other stuff. But just general sort of audience scores, maybe on IMDb or something. Are, are they on consistently on the rise, or if or, you know, did they sort of peak about two or three years ago, and then have they dropped off again? I don't well, know. Well, it's it, it might be something that we could go, go and look at. Well, yeah, when you look at the current state of Marvel movies, you've got, well, just funnily enough, Black, Black Panther this weekend has become the highest grossing uh, Marvel movie in, in, in the US. It just beat Avengers. So Avengers was number one. Um, Black Panther is now number one. Um, 
it's I think it's now number one globally for Marvel as well. So it's an interesting point. Is it surpassed Last Jedi? Uh, domestically in the US, yeah, but not worldwide. I don't think. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, until Black Panther, you were probably bang on, Andy. You, Marvel. There were a lot of people that I knew know uh, that having Marvel fatigue, they they weren't really interested in season five of Agents of Shield. Um, Thor three was lukewarm received. I loved Thor three. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a great film. Um, and, you I know, enjoyed it. I enjoyed Ragnarok actually. Lot, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, another Spider Man film. You're just rebooting it all over again." I mean, Homecoming was again. Homecoming's a really good film. Um, it was, and but people were getting that until Black Panther. I think Black Panther has changed it because it's 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 important for so many reasons. Um, but it's kind of reignited, and I think it's come at the right time for Marvel because you've now got Avengers, Infinity War, and the recent trailer that got dropped for that was epic, and I am so looking forward to that. I mean, I love Black Panther. It's top three one of my Marvel films, hands down. I'm a big fan of the film. Um, but ultimately, if you try to flip that to a Star Wars perspective, would would they continue to churn out the quality if the volume was so high? Um, I think the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's on the verge will either prove it to be true or prove it to be false that you can carry on making Star Wars. And I think Star Wars will always make money. Let, let, let's be blunt. The Last Jedi wasn't uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The best Star Wars film, but it still raked in 1.3 billion dollars worldwide. And I think Solo won't won't get as high. Let's be honest. Um, I think it will kind of hit the levels of Rogue One. And I think that if they do that, they'll be happy. But I think the next Episode Nine will be critical in what they do next because I think that will either I don't want to say it will make or break. Star Wars, because Star Wars will always make money. Like I said, I just think it might influence how much money it makes. And influence what Disney do with it. Absolutely. And whether or not they go down the path of a cinematic universe or a regular arc, the way they've done in trilogies. So, An interesting question then. So something that we can maybe think about quickly. And I know, because I know we're getting on a bit for time already. Um, in the Star Wars franchise, if you th- if you think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you've sort of got the main the main Avengers films as the sort of you know the the, the the core films, and then you've got like like Dave was saying, you've got various individual character films on the side. Who in the Star Wars universe would be those sort of side characters? Who who's got the strong enough character in the Star Wars universe to have their own film? I mean, the likes of Thor is, has got he's got three films, and Iron Man's got three films or whatever it is. Who do you think would have their own trilogy? Just think if you're looking, if if you're looking at the existing established characters, you could do that from the prequels, as you could have Mace Windu standalone movies. I'm certain he has got some great stories. Yeah, um, Yoda. You could say, so Yoda. Yeah, Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi. Obi Wan and Qui Gon to certain degree. You could have Qui Gon. Yeah, I'd love a Qui Gon yeah. movie. I thought he was so yeah. under you. Liam yeah. Neeson was phenomenal yeah. in that film. Brilliant. Maul. Maul. Darth Maul. There's some great Maul stories. Actual, uh, like, written stories. Yeah, some of the so expanded universe books from him were yeah. absolutely brilliant. 
Um, yeah. And I would definitely bring back Ray Park to be him as well. That would be just amazing. thing is, he's Ray Park to old. Well, no, by the time you put the, the paint on his face and everything like that, I think it will be, be fine. He's still got to move. Yeah. Yeah. Paint his face with a few horns on his head, no matter how old he is. Exactly. Chewbacca. That might Chewbacca, be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it could be difficult, though. You'd have to have a movie full of yeah, subtitles or somebody translating for him, which would just be a bit weird. I suppose it'd be the interaction with other characters, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah, he, knew I that. he was he was in the Clone Wars. Um, I he was in um, Revenge of the Sith, wasn't he? Yeah. On um, Kashyyyk, where Yoda was. So you know that he's crossed paths with Yoda in the past and with the Jedi. Yep. I'm not sure how they'd recruit actors for that, though, because obviously the, the, the first stage is, is reading the script, and it would be... <laughs> you just have, like, 300 pages of... <laughs> nice. Very that good. is the best impersonation... It's really opportunity of, to do my Chewbacca impression. That is the best Chewbacca impersonation we've ever had on the last on the uh, Jedi Council, Andy. Well done there, mate. Uh, interesting to see what competition I've got on that, to be fair. <laughs> first of one... <laughs> I guess if they're they're looking for for potential cast members to join uh, a Chewbacca story, you, you're about the right height. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. We now know that you sound like him as well. Um, I, I suppose you've you've got Han Solo, which they're now looking at. You could have a loop stories. Boba Fett stories. Of what happened following Re- uh, Return of the Jedi, where they're hunting down the remnants of the Empire. Now, there's a comic book series around that. So you're thinking almost like an episode six and a half type trilogy, a bit, a bit like where Rogue, Rogue One sort of slots in between three and four, something that slots between six and seven. Well, yeah, I suppose, but you would just yeah. be looking at maybe Luke's story and maybe yeah. every now and again you might see layer on the periphery where he's keeping in touch with his sister type of thing. But really, yeah. it's just Luke's story. I'd, I'd be that, that, for me, that's how the cinematic thing works, mm. where you're really just following one character. I'd be interested to see Luke and his Jedi Temple before Kylo Ren went crazy. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So I think between us then, it, 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 it seems enough. that there would yeah. be enough characters for this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. There's, there's been so many rumours about TV shows and kind of spin-off movies. You know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie has always been spoken about. And uh, what's his face? Um, Ewan, Ewan McGregor has always been interested in playing him again and whatnot. So it'd be interesting to see what Disney do. And I think it's not it's not a bad idea. But I think, to you know, as long as it's made well, they can continue to make as many as they want, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. At this point in time, I cannot see myself becoming fatigued by it, but it depends upon the quality. Yeah, I, I, would, I would hope that I would be as enthusiastic after, you know, the 15th film. But look, as that's only because they follow the same sort of pattern and the same sort of story and the same, you know, like, like I said, they're very predictable. I don't, think, I don't think Star Wars is ever that predictable. Really? When no, you think I, all the different characters and how they're intertwined? And that's what makes it I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And you also have, even when you do take it into the wider media, when you look at Rebels and when you look at the Clone War cartoons, you, they, the stories weren't predictable. Oh, God, no. No, not especially the way it ended as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
if they were to follow that path and have stories that were not predictable and were well made, because let's face it, the Clone Wars were well made. They won Emmys. They did, yeah. Rebels have been yeah. well made. So we're not talking about trash TV here. And I think that is a good way to wrap up today's podcast, guys. We've been going for, what, an hour and 40? 40-ish minutes. Uh, yeah, we're, we're bang on normal time there, by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we've had a great great conversation today. And, Andy, thank you very much for jumping on for the first time. It's been wicked having you on. Um, hey, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. I'm sorry I couldn't make the previous ones. It's just it's hard to sort of coordinate everyone's calendars and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. I, hopefully be on many more. Absolutely, you know, and, and obviously we want you back as well. And I think Dave, uh, the more the merrier. Mm, definitely, definitely. So on that note, Andy, any closing thoughts from yourself on what we've discussed? Thoughts? What you'd like to see? Closing thoughts, mate. Over to you. Closing thoughts. I mean, let's let's be topical. So, first of all, as as Mr. Lego, um, I'm actually quite looking forward to the Han Solo <laughs> movie Lego sets coming out. I, I saw the the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon, which is um, mm. it looks very very impressive. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, am I looking forward to Han Solo? Yes and no. Um, yes, I am because it's something a little bit different. It's, you know, it's a one character's development. It is like, like we were talking about just, it's a, it's a sort of cinematic universe style of, of delivering a story. I'm interested, I'm interested to see how it will work after the last Jedi. Have I lost a little bit of enthusiasm for star Wars? Yes. I'm hoping the Han Solo film will bring that back to be honest. And yeah, I mean, f- fingers crossed it will. Thank you very much, mate. Dave, any closing thoughts from yourself, mate? Um, at this point in time, to, to keep it on topic, I'm looking forward to Solo. Um, I've got high expectations, which maybe a lot of fans don't have. Um, I know from listening to rumours one of you that maybe um, Lucasfilm don't have that high an expectation of the movie, I think because of what's happened with um, The Last Jedi. Um, but for me, I still have high expectations for it. And so long as Lucasfilm carry on making good movies, I'll carry on going and watch them and I'll enjoy them. Um, so for me, more movies isn't necessarily a bad thing, so long as they're done well and they're done with the proper respect for the characters and the established story. I couldn't agree more. Uh, And I think that is an awesome way to wrap up, guys. You know, we are the Jedi Council. We are here to talk about everything and anything Star Wars. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Uh, We are www.the-jedi-council.com. On Twitter, we are at the Jedi underscore council. On Instagram, we are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. That's where you can find us on Instagram. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes when you can, guys. Anything less than five stars, we're not interested. No, not really. Give us some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think about the podcast. We've hit some really good topics today. Give us your feedback, and we look forward to hearing from you. And remember, may the force be with you. Remember, the force will be with you always.